Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time, sometimes TV shows, and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington, and I'm joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit-Turner. Hello, Ben, and indeed, everybody, including the operators of the Bonus Aid Claxton. We're here again for a special yeah. bonus episode. Operators of the bonus ode klaxon, get your bonus ode finger at the ready to press the klaxon. I don't, do we even have an official klaxon? Yeah, we've got like a little jingle bit. That's already happened. It's already come it's, and gone. Yeah, it's already gone. The klaxon's gone off. But if you've got your own at home, press it now. Press it right now. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, please be aware of uh, Andy's tall hair today. It's incredibly tall. I'd say it's got a good maybe three and a half inches going on. What do you reckon? <laughs> oh, it's not for me to say, Ben. The it's not for me to say. say. Not for me to say. No, it's fine to say. I mean, we've all we've all measured it, right? Our hair. Yeah, <laughs> yes, but I'm desperate to get on some roller coasters that I'm not quite big enough for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like a punk, little dog. Punks. They could go on roller coasters from the age of like seven. Yeah, exactly. With the old giant giant mohawk. Big Girl, what, what a great look. Um, we are doing a bonus ode all about the last of us tv show which recently finished airing like its first series slash season depending on how you like to say those things i feel like season is something that's far i mean we say that now don't you? i usually only say series if it's like i don't know have i got news for you or something season is everything else um like like entertainment and drama and i tell you what the last of us see that little bit of fun japes we had at the beginning about how tall people's hair don't have any of that in that world. You know why? Even though people do sometimes have tall hair in that world, it's all very serious and sad, isn't it? It's all incredibly serious and sad. Does anyone have any tall hair? I feel like everyone's hair is greasy and and, and lackluster and just hanging by the sides of their head. No conditioner, I guess, in the in the grim survival of the future. As a bold man, I'm well ready for the apocalypse because no conditioner, I don't care. No hair straighteners, don't care. I'm all don't need a hairdryer. It's fine, you know. I'm gonna survive. 
and it's not really going to grow either. So, you know, you could shave your head, but it would grow back. You'd have to shave it again. Me, I'd be kind of all right. Although it would grow around the back and sides, I think, like a skullet. Yeah. A couple of years in the apocalypse, not like a monk. I'll tell you what, though. If I had a skullet, I would definitely be a Last of Us villain. Yeah. yeah. You'd be chosen based on... You would be chosen as to what faction you were going to join based, based on, on... The hair, based on the hair you could grow. I reckon so. I reckon so. Um, so. I was thinking earlier, have we ever covered a TV show ep- on like the regular episode format? I think me and Luke did cover series maybe two of Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Yeah. Back when, I don't know why we <laughs> why we didn't do three and four. Um, that's right. That's how many. Has been fine? The news. I think back in those days, the news section was a little bit leaner, right? Yeah, it was inc- much more lean. You know, you look back right at the episode. I turned up chatting on all the time. Blimey hell. Yeah, sometimes we go past an hour before we even discuss the film of the week, which is that's fine, you know. I feel like we're providing the 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 content in, you know, and then people seem to seem to enjoy it. Plus, as I mentioned before, stick time codes in in the audio, so you know if people are like I ain't interested in the horror news. I'm not interested in what we've been watching. I want to get right to the crux of it, which is exactly what we're going to do with this episode, right? Yeah, straight straight to it. Just as little one as this is behind the Patreon wall. When we do put those time codes in, in that section that people might skip, that's when we slag those people off, though, isn't it? So if you oh, yeah. it, we might be slagging you off, listener. Can be we are. You can find out if we are or not, is if you listen to the whole thing, innit? So, yeah, exactly. And you come right in like that. Paranoia might be doing it. You just do that. Just lean right into your, to your iPod there and listen. Fucking after. No, <laughs> lean right into your iPod classic yeah, where you've downloaded the it. podcast directly onto the hard drive and you listen when we say get a fucking new iPad <laughs> iPod or oh, an no. iPad <laughs> oh no a pad and pod what you've done there is you've mixed up your pads and pods which you know is easy enough to do apologies you never you Apple let... genius. sorry everybody <laughs> <laughs> but when we're not let... here to talk about those we're talking about a world where none of those products exist because before they were readily available I tell you what apocalypse iPod Classic would still exist in this world, one hundred percent. If it if it would come out by this point, it would survive on the same battery charge as well. You turn it on, all the songs would still be there. They'd still be there. It'd be fine. It'd be great. Even though, the, and all the songs would be like uh, listed incorrectly. You remember when you used to have like panic? So many weird, weird, weird Yankovic songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Panic! Exclamation mark at the disco. Then another one. Panic! No exclamation mark at the disco then another one panic at the, the little at symbol yeah. the, the disco has got an exclamation mark after it my goodness oh, god i don't know where we're coming or going i just you want know, to listen old, to old timey, all right since our tragedies thought they thought they grew up in the wild west we grew up in it really that kind of it's that true kind of stuff it's true i mean you didn't have to worry about maybe getting getting shot or getting any kind of terrible uh, lurgy um respiratory disease we well, still have to worry about that but you don't have to worry about accidentally listening to an album in the wrong order yeah. which is very stressful especially when one song fades out and then the other song perfectly fades in and then it cuts just to something completely different you're thrown off for the whole day yeah these are difficult times we lived in almost as difficult as those lived in by those <laughs> in the last of us you keep trying to segue me into the actual conversation about the tv (laughs) show and i'm just not letting you i'm just not letting it happen what i want to say is (laughs) 
Okay. Okay. So, so obviously, The Last of Us, yeah, we've mentioned it loads on the show in terms of news and what we've been watching. But we've always said we're going to save our faults for this very bonus episode. Um, so, The Last of Us is an American post apocalyptic drama television series created by Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann for HBO. It's based on the 2013 video game developed by Naughty Dog. Uh, now, the series is set in 2023 which is 20 years into a pandemic caused by a mass fungal infection, which causes its hosts to transform into zombie-like creatures and collapses society. Um, so the series follows Joel, played by Pedro Pascal, a smuggler tasked with escorting the immune teenager Ellie, played by Bella Ramsey, across a post-apocalyptic United States. Um, now, of course, we will go into the cast as well, but I'll just mention the game. So obviously the game came out in 2013 and it was also um, like 20 years into the same apocalypse. So I think it kicked off in maybe, I guess, 1993. Is that right? Sounds about right. Is that when it kicked off? 1993. Would they have got to see Jurassic Park or not? Oh, interesting question. Oh, I think it happened in, it happened in, it happened in the autumn, I believe. It happened in fall. Um, so yeah, that game which came out in 2013, and it's like a, it's been on various platforms. So we've had it on 20, we've had it on PlayStation 3, which was initially released, and there was like a remaster version on PS4. Um, then it got like remade very, very recently, taking advantage of the PS5's um, graphical capabilities. So essentially, when Last of Us 2 came out, they went, "This looks pretty good. Let's make Last of Us One, but using a lot of these same." like gameplay same stuff assets and, and the same same assets and all that stuff same yeah. engines and so on i've heard apparently like it sold loads because of the tv show again so it's kind of crazy it's one of these games that i guess similar to grand theft auto which seems to be so popular that it lasts like three consoles which is kind of crazy when you think about it and you think about there have only been five playstations since like what 95 96 yeah. but some of these games have been on PlayStation 3, 4, and 5. 60% of the PlayStation. That's insane. Like, just one game as well. Not like a, a sequel or anything, just one game. Um, so, and what's quite interesting, I guess, today is the fact that we're going to talk about the adaptation, or the TV show, the adaptation of the games. But Andy's not played the games. And I have played the games multiple times. So I guess thinking about... I guess it'll be it'll be a, a, an interesting way to look at how we perceive this TV show based on because because it's probably one of the most loyal to the source material adaptations mm-hmm. of anything I would say especially it's got like we've we've all seen the videos um, I'm just assuming you have Andy but like where it's like side by side the game and the TV show here's some a line of dialogue from the game and it's like exactly the same in TV show and, and like even like the setup of the scene and the cinematography and stuff is like very very similar um and obviously I've that's because those, Neil I've Dr- seen those bits but aside from the aside from like literally the picture parts of it I've not read any articles about it cuz I don't know yeah uh, what, because... what, what what could I've said if I if I read them so it is <laughs> <laughs> so it is but i think even if i hadn't played the games i think i like that attention to detail because i'm definitely the kind of person who's like right we don't need a shot for shot remake of something um because i understand one of the things that convinced troy baker apparently i read this in a in a in an article was the fact that i think neil Druckmann said to him like 80% of people will never pick up a controller in their lives 
So we kind of need to bring this story to, to those people as well. It's not just for the fans of the games to see this TV show and say, I played the games now, I want to watch TV show. It is also for a whole new audience to 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 sort of witness this story, which which is which is a great story and such a well written and well told yeah. story because and I think that's why a lot of the game gameplay um elements translate so well to the tv show because it is so well written it's so cinematic that some things you just don't need to change it's like okay this is incredibly impactful what are we going to do to make it better for a tv show and it's like well nothing you don't really need to do anything maybe everything that builds up to that can be slightly different but this iconic moment a per, a, a, for example there will be spoilers obviously for the show for example a certain moment with a giraffe um which you know they could have changed it in so many different ways. They could have had them walking up to the giraffe rather than feeding it from a sort of like balcony ledge. Um, just so many things. And also the soundtrack is so, so similar to the game as well. And a lot of the soundtrack moments or those little, how would, how would you describe just a little cues? I guess that's correct. Yeah, just the um, audio cues. Little, little those little audio cues. And so it's Gustavo Santo. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, yawning as I said it. Apologies, Gustavo. Gustavo Santa Santo Alala did the soundtrack, and it's like, oh, it is perfect. But also the soundtrack, it works so well with a lot of the emotional beats and emotional moments, and the fact that they've managed to translate those almost perfectly to the TV show is great. I think we've obviously we've discussed video game to film adaptations before, Resident Evil, Silent Hill, um, I think Silent Hill did a all right job of translating the game to to a TV show, um, but yeah, most most of the others aren't anywhere near as accomplished as this, and I think that's because the creative team behind it obviously are involved with the game. Neil Druckmann obviously involved with the game, um, and they understand the game and they understand the audience and they understand the story and the characters as well. Um, and also, it's a joint production by Sony Pictures Television, PlayStation Productions, Naughty Dog, like all of they're all involved in some way so it's not like they've just gone here's the story of the last of us please take it away and do whatever the hell you want with it they've kind of gone right we need this we want this and i did watch the uh the making of uh documentary it came out after episode nine and yeah just the care and attention they seem to take with every little detail and the things they go right we're gonna check because they did change quite a huge part of the the game, which was that the fungal infection, the co- the quadriceps, how, how do you say it? Cordyceps. Cordyceps is very very different. It behaves in a completely different way, and they've even added like some extra elements to it that weren't present in the game, so that kind of make it in a way kind of scarier. But you know, some people might be like, "Hey, that's completely not needed because in the game it worked perfectly well." But they've kind of added this extra element, and it's like. Okay, I'm completely happy with that. Um, I think I... having having like a creative team that really cares about the IP, like you already pointed out, understands the audience is really is a really crucial part to the success here. But also, like mm-hmm. I think just the the steps forward that have been taken in narrative creation in video games to begin with, the level of attention they can and like for me, mm-hmm. I'm incredibly excited for some more video game properties that we've got coming out now of all of all tones i'm very happy to say the last of us um i don't think it's been any secret when we mentioned it in the news i think we both enjoyed it an awful lot 
Um, mm. But, you know, not the only video game property that is going, that is, you know, we're now seeing these things more successfully translated. Like the Mario movie, people seem to be quite excited for um, mm -hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog, like after a bit of a graphical overhaul, was incredibly <laughs> sweet and yeah. lots of fun. Detective Pikachu did very well. Um, what, have we, what have we got on the horizon? Sony Pictures are knocking out all sorts between a Gran Turismo and all that other stuff that they've, that they've got on the books we get in a metal gear at some point right yeah i think um a director has been attached to that for a while i don't know if it's definitely going to be a tv show or a film and i mean we'd all love hideo kojima to go i'm going to direct a bloody film you know we'd love that but um i think it's on the horizon but yeah i think in terms of media and properties like people are taking video games as seriously as they should be taken um and i think it's just because you know Gener the generations of people who are now filmmakers and stuff have grown up with these games whereas perhaps the generation before grew up with games you know on different consoles so like well snakes and ladders hungry, hungry snakes and bloody powerful. ladders pong yeah. who's gonna make a pong film someone would um yeah. but yeah so i think that everyone takes video games seriously as as a, yeah, a means I think you're of right. telling growing, stories growing up with them is a is a huge thing and also let's face it they need they need more things to tap because most of the books have been done comics they're <laughs> yeah. burning through they're burning through comic stories faster than they can write them yeah they're going what character are we going to we going to develop into a film this time this character no one's heard of what yeah. exactly yeah. so you need that rich seam of content that comes from that comes from video games. I I am delighted. I'm looking forward to Bubble Bobble, Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Trap. I'm looking to, forward to all these bad boys coming <laughs> out in the years to come, in a golden age that will never end. Well, well you think like way to start. You develop like a, with a great game when it comes to great characters and just a a great concept and like the world building's outstanding. Once you've got that down. That's it. Like, oh, obviously, there's going to be a Fallout TV show, isn't there? And Fallout doesn't necessarily follow a really strict narrative like The Last of Us. So, if that's a success, like th the the possibilities are essentially endless. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like telling like anthology pieces, telling stories from different characters' point of views, loads of stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's su super, super exciting. And you know, in terms of I think we mentioned this in the last ep in our most recent episode about terrified. Um, I think we mentioned that Resident Evil. You know, we've probably had enough adaptations for a while now. Um, so just something, give us, just give us something, good, give us a really good one. Some things might take a back seat while other things take a. You know, I think I mentioned this, and especially with the release of Resident Evil Four, Resi fans are eating good. So you know, other things. I know Silent Hills getting more, getting TV show, film, more games. Um, and I think I don't want to don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think based on the success of the TV show, there's gonna be a Last of Us free, surely, or they're gonna do something else, surely. Yeah, I expect they will because imagine quite a lot of the people involved do enjoy money, and they're probably gonna get the freedom and time <laughs> to do it well as well. So yeah, seems like a, a fairly good slam dunk if they've got if they can avoid the pressure to have to do it outside of time zones that they're comfortable with then mm. i think it could be a, a real success i uh, did didn't we hear that like the last of us um one of one of the episodes or some of the episodes ended up drawing a bigger audience than than uh 
the Game of Thrones spin-off, which is called House of yeah, the Dragon. Oh, House of the Dragon. That was that was one of the big things that was that the clickbaity articles. Tell you what, Ben, I'll, I'll pull my soapbox out real quickly. That's one of three things <laughs> that are annoying me more than they should in the world at the moment. There are three types of articles that have me consistently hovering over unfollowing a lot of I would say main <clears throat> they are still niche media outlets but I'm talking about your big you know your big entertainment outlets still that you know your IGNs your your you know your, your big film outlets as well but the <laughs> things that I have that I'm growing more and more intolerant towards one headlines which is how x property made more money than y property I don't yeah. care I don't care. <laughs> I, like I care. I care if they were successful or not, or they found an audience. But I don't care what was the biggest selling thing. I don't care which particular group of millionaires earned more money than this other group of millionaires. <laughs> and I don't care about yeah. measuring the success of the thing that you like against the success of the thing that you don't like as much. You know, to say every time there's things about, you know, whether Sony or placed or whether Sony or Xbox sold more consoles in this particular two-week yeah. period or <laughs> whether this whether this got a bigger audience than that that's one of them and the other two which i won't go into because i'm here tonight is endless endless articles that i suspect are written by ai about how to watch watch or play all of this series in chronological order things are numbered <laughs> fuck off like, things are numbered yeah like use 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 a bit a basic bit of common sense so how started with episode one and immediately gone on to episode six that's incorrect yeah. Oh well, actually, yeah. I hate those. Not interested in that. And I'm sorry. I think I can't remember the third thing that I was furious about. Oh no, that Last of Us. This is very, very specifically guilty. This one. Articles which are things that could have been but weren't, and then oh, yeah. read as entirely fabricated. I think when this series ended, there were loads of articles about the Last of Us almost ended very, very differently. Actually, yeah. And the story inside is yeah, it didn't actually. So they, they had another idea that they didn't use and that's why it is as it yeah, was. Yeah, I know what you mean. I hate that. I usually go to the comments and look at the first like five comments to see what the crux of it is before I give it a click. I think the only thing that's interesting about, and the only reason I think I brought it up about The Last of Us having a viewership more than House of the Dragon is just trying to establish it as like, in terms of like a, me a piece of media or like a, a piece of mainstream um, media, the fact that it's, it's sort of able to surpass something that's already got an established viewership that's been going on for years and years as a spin-off is like one of the most popular uh, TV shows ever. And the fact that this is an adaptation of a video game, which I think a lot of people, some people would scoff at. Like, I think there's a certain audience who would switch on Game of Thrones and just watch it and binge it and enjoy it. But there's another a certain audience who would go, what's The Last of Us about? Oh, it's based on a video game, not interested. There are definitely, there, I think there's definitely a crossover. So the fact that it's still managed to get such a huge viewership for me, I think it's just a, it just goes to show that obviously The Last of Us oh, as a, true. as a media, as a media property should be taken extremely seriously. And which is why I would say that The Last of Us 3 probably should happen because, as you mentioned, they like money and you're not going to make any more money than you will off the back of two successful games and now a successful TV show. Maybe even, a series two of a successful TV show before a third game comes out. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I will give them that, that it does show that it's audiences. I guess it entirely depends on the tone that you read it of. If it's like, ah, 
Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones is over party. Yeah, Game of Thrones is is finished. Yeah, I I gave up watching Game of Thrones uh, season four, something like that. But if you think about it, that was the the sweetheart for niche content. Um, you know, in years gone by when Game of Thrones came on, oh look at this. This is about this is about like your Dungeons and Dragons stuff. This has got Mm -hmm. your 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 fantasy and things like that, except now everyone's watching it because it's got boobs and willies in it and <laughs> people people have sex and tell each other it's got what it's got boobs and willies in it bloody yes. switch it off i would never watch that but then they um, all go on we'll watch it after the kids go to bed stick them on see if some kitty gets pushed out a window oh yeah by, by a couple of incest incest don't even die getting. don't even die what a legend um i think also the last of us has done well because it's it, we've hit the sweet spot of um pedro pascal fandom like going off obviously off the basis of um thing obviously the mandalorian and various other things he's been in and movies such as uh the unbearable weight with nicholas cage which is getting memed hard at the moment i think we've just hit hit the hit the zeit hit the zeitgeist is that a thing can i say that does that make sense it's what's the zeitgeist, zeitgeist? i guess depends what the depends what you follow it up with <laughs> i'm just saying words here um hit the zeitgeist of pedro pascal popularity Maybe the apex. The apex. We'll go for that. Thank you, Andy. That's why I've got you on. That's why I've got you on hand. That's why you're going to edit and stuff. And I just throw, I just throw shit at the wall. Um, you're you're the one who refines it. And obviously Bella Ramsey as well, who was is a recognizable face because she was popular in Game of Thrones. Game um, of Thrones before it was crap. We didn't like it anymore. Before it was now. crap. And didn't, didn't get it already. Anyone watching it? And I think also that like both Pedro and Bella, in terms of their, um, popularity based on the promotion they've been doing for this show as well, based on their appearances on TV shows and all the behind-the-scenes stuff and all these little skits that I've seen them do. Obviously, Pedro Pascal was on SNL. Um, you know, it just it goes to show that having two incredibly charismatic leads, both in and out of the show, um, both in acting mode and in, and in normal mode, just normal mode, chilling mode, is great and it does a lot it does a lot for for a show you know um yeah i think they have they've carried it really well um i like that you know you know what i'm a big big fan of the way they've released it it was kind of nice to have this weekly drip of episodes rather than cool binge it in a week spoiled instantly no it was it was nice to yeah. have this this little this little feed uh, of it yeah going. definitely because that gives people the option, doesn't it? If people do want to binge it, they can just wait. Um, and if people want to take it week by week, then they can. And I think it kind of made it feel like I, I enjoyed waiting. Into, obviously, it, it it aired it on a like, Sunday night in America, didn't it? And yeah. we kind of, in the UK here, we got it on a Monday. You could um, I think it ran on Sky. Like if it did, it yeah, it did. Like, it was like at 2 in the morning. So I guess you could yeah. have set your TiVo box to do that, or you can just watch it. So I I enjoyed actually later. watching it on TV or, or during the 9 p.m. slot. Um, it did it did cross over when we tend to record this podcast, but when when it didn't, I liked watching it on that 9 p.m. slot. Um, and kind of just having having adverts. I don't know. It just felt like a um an event in a sense, like a bit getting of a fro- getting your ad- bit of a throwback. Getting your adverts on. Getting your adverts if on. So you go make go make crazy a chocolate tea. mad. Yeah, I mean, with the lads, I know you do get adverts. <laughs> you do get adverts on the streaming services as well, but I kind of liked watching it in it in 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 sort of like an actual TV slot because it felt like I was 
with someone like the last of us I feel like you're experiencing it like especially when you're like monitoring twitter and stuff and seeing all the uk audiences reacting in at similar times to it on those water cooler moments hang around the water cooler at the office the <laughs> exactly. next day ben saying tell you what see that last of us last night and i work from home so you know i've got I work from home and the people I do work with remotely, I go, do you see anyone see Last of Us last night? They go, shut up. Shut <laughs> up, work to do. Shut Boss up. Boss HR monitor these communications. We're talking about work. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about. We bloody love work. Um, yeah, so I guess we've obviously mentioned Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey as Joel yeah, Who else have we got in Ellie. the there? Any other so, standouts for you? Most of the other characters are appearing in like one or two episodes each uh, there's not many really distinct supporting characters that appear more than that but i think a lot of them have huge impact um so obviously you've got anna torv as tess who who is kind of like pedro pascal's like love interest that's right isn't it slash yeah just, slash um just nice mates traveling about the wilderness doing a slash sidekick yeah, and then there's Melanie Linsky plays Kathleen. We'll get we'll get to her. Nick Nico Parker as Sarah. Very interesting role in the I first episode. I think she episode. was really good. I, obviously, I don't I don't know that I know I know the story of The Last of Us because it's it's a game that's mm. quite old now. So I know what happens. I've watched the telly program. Um, yeah, but I thought Nico Parker was an excellent daughter to begin with, and I think it was a good contrast with with Ellie's character, seeing how how Joel relates to both of them. I think it was a really nice touch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. Do you get to see um, do you get to see that much of of Sarah in the original? Is it do you get yeah, some bits of her going off and pretty doing much some stuff on her own? Exactly the same sort of thing. And I think and you do actually play as Sarah before you play as as Joel. You're kinda of like wandering around your house at night. Um so yeah, that was good. They captured that really well and obviously the tragedy of that first episode. But talking of tragedy, Lamar Johnson and uh Kayvon Woodard play Henry and Sam, who turn up a little bit later. Yeah, um, we'll get into that. Merle Dandridge plays Marlene, who's kind of like I don't know if you'd say a big bad because she's a conflicted sort of um antagonist in a way where she doesn't start out like that. Obviously, Gabriel Luna, Terminator himself, as Tommy Miller, um, as Joel's brother. Um Storm Reed plays Riley Abel, so she's a friend of Ellie's, and she's obviously got a very interesting role. You do get Ashley Johnson, who voiced Ellie in the games, and Troy Baker, who voiced Joel in the games. Um, they get a role each. Ashley plays Ellie's mum, Anna, which is a really nice touch, I believe, and Troy Baker plays a character called James, who turns up in the same episode as an actor called Scott Shepard, who plays David, who's kind of like a preacher slash definite wrong-un. Uh, Jeffrey yeah. Pierce, who also, who voices Tommy in the games? He plays Perry. He's in the same episode as Melanie Linsky. Um, and then, of course, one of the big episodes it stars Nick Offerman as Bill. And oh, who's the other guy? So my the list had literally ended at, at that particular moment. Uh, Nick Offerman is plays against Murray Bartlett as Frank. That's correct. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. this is that is an episode which I think obviously got a lot of attention for for good reason. It did get unfortunately it did get some negative attention as well because people are idiots and people are douchebags. Um and it does elaborate on something that was very, only kind of hinted at towards in the games. And I think it just does a really good job. And I think this is one of the things I'd say about the about the TV show as a whole. It does a really good job of like fleshing out the areas that perhaps 
needed to be fleshed out from the games. Whereas in the games, it's, it's easy to be a bit um, blinkered to the world around you. You're kind of just Joel and Ellie, Joel and Ellie, Joel and Ellie all the way. Yeah. Fair enough. What can I find? Come on. I've got to get some scissors and I've got to sellotape it to the, to an axe handle so I can... Oh. Probably just um, crafting. Yeah, yeah. sometimes the, the gameplay elements can... Depending on the mood when you're playing... Um, and this is probably one of the reasons why I've not got round to playing The Last of Us, is that last few years, I would say, most of my gaming time, very disrespectful, Ben, I'm sorry, not respecting the art form, but um, quite often I'll play a video game with the sound off, listening to a mm. podcast. Oh, okay. Like it's, it's, it's like, you know, that's probably... All the video I'm... game foley artists have just yeah, died a death. All the video, all the, all the video... Yeah, I'm so sorry, guys. And that's why I wouldn't want to play this with the with the sound off but you know got a lot of content to absorb then like so quite often i will play a final fantasy strangers of paradise which has you know awful yeah. catchphrases being spouted <laughs> with the sound off so it doesn't matter so in many ways it's improved my experience with games that have been criticized in those areas yeah um, but i haven't um dived into this that would require my fuller attention, Full attention but i will yeah. but i will i'm but gonna you know... do this i'm gonna do god of war Finish Ratchet and Clank. What a time! You could probably, uh, you could probably have it on mute where you're a lot of the gameplay moments and just uh, actually just... not probably not the Last of Us. There's a lot of interactions between Joel and Ellie that kind yeah. of in enhance that connection, and and I think that really works well in the TV show as well. Like their connection, their banter, and the fact that it takes place like it goes. Oh, here's a jump of like however many months. Like it's easy for you to understand how their relationship has grown rather than just go. Oh, loads of months have gone, and now they're friends. Now they really like each other. Whereas before, it was a bit, it was a bit tense. Bit iffy, wasn't it? Yeah. But I think you understand the difference in it, and you kind of warm to both of the characters, along with. So you warm to Joel along with Ellie, and you warm to Ellie along with Joel. It's kind of like you understand, because you understand their past in a way, even though um, Ellie's is revealed sl- more slowly, whereas Joel's is front and center from episode one. Um. You kind of understand their past, and that in 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 itself helps helps the characters grow. But yeah, I think all the supporting characters. It's a shame that most of them come and go. One episode, two episodes. There's not like a. That's the thing, though. That the, the Fireflies was like the. It's weird because they're not essentially like a big evil corporation that are coming for for Ellie. It's kind of like. Every everything and everyone's conflicted in in their moral standpoint of what should happen in this post apocalyptic world. You know, fine. Some yeah. people are can fine. Some people are cannibals. Oh my god, that's obviously awful. Other people just kind of fighting to survive. In the same way, we're supposed to believe that's what Joel's been doing for all these years before he met Ellie. There's always hints to like he's done some terrible things. He's just straight up murdered people. You know, and we do see him take that role at some point in the in the last episode in Look for the Light. He straight up gets a kill streak going on, you know. Yeah. So we understand that this person's capable of killing people, but we're supposed to go, ah. But you know, of all the of all the evils out there, he's the the lesser of all the evils. But is he? Because you know, from we we see it from other people's point of view. The guy who's with a little girl came through here and murdered like two or three people. What a fucker! We're gonna go and have to hunt him down and I kill him. Know. I think I think I think if you're a preacher that. Slaps little girls and that's fine. people. People, that's I think fine. you're still the bad guy. It's like that. It's like that. It's like the Richard Herring joke. Who's the real bad guy <laughs> in this one? Uh, ben, yeah. ben Arrington. Is it the man 
who feeds his family with uh, the corpses <laughs> of humans and slaps people about with like a religious <laughs> sort of indoctrination or is it the businessman in his suit and tie it's the, <laughs> yeah it's, it's the first one isn't it this is the first one. He's a real bad guy, but I think what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that we're we're. It, I think it, this TV show does a good job of showing that that Joel isn't just a straight up, um, you know, heart of gold. Yeah, he's not a goodie. He's not like it's not like Steve Rogers himself, Captain America, heart yeah. of gold, taking her through the thing and always doing the right thing by everyone. He sticks. But we're by supposed the to understand he cares about and does some horrible yeah. things. We're supposed to understand that, though. We're supposed to go, look, his bloody daughter was murdered in his arms. We're, we know why he's the way he is, and we understand it. Is what he's doing correct? By the end of this series, when he makes a certain promise to Ellie, are we supposed to go, yeah, it's probably best he does say that? Or are we supposed to go, he's essentially chosen his love for Ellie over the future of humanity, right? that is essentially it and <laughs> so someone did someone did make a good point of course we will get to it but in look for the light someone said joel was the only anti-vaxxer i <laughs> that i respect <laughs> we're gonna make a vaccine for we're gonna make a vaccine for this uh infection to for the whole world save the world nah that's pretty much it yeah okay <laughs> should we um if we go through the episodes, because I think as we said before we started, we probably haven't got uh, got all buddy night, Ben. We're not going to go through things, but let's touch on <laughs> the synopsis of each of the episodes and then maybe yeah. put out some bits how we thought it went. Shall we? Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll mix it up a little bit. May I read you the little synopsis of episode one, if you don't mind? Yes, indeed you, indeed you may. Oh, Ben, the year is 2003 and a mass fungal infection of mutated cordyceps sparks a global pandemic. Joel flees with, flees with his daughter Sarah and his brother Tommy from their Texas home. Sarah is killed by a soldier. 20 years later, Joel lives in quarantine zone, QZ, in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, with the Federa- with, uh, run by Federer, uh, working as a smuggler with his partner Tess. When Tommy fails to contact them from Wyoming to pay a local dealer for a car battery, uh, he scams themselves to the Fireflies, a rebel group that opposes Federer. Um, basically, this comes through and he begs him to take a teenager named Ellie to the Massachusetts safe house in exchange for a working truck. On the way out of the city, Ellie tests were positive and they kill him and make their escape as she claims to be immune. She's only bloody immune. Um, a lot to take in on this first episode, right? Is this one longer than the others? This one's longer, yeah. I think it was like an hour and... A feature-length episode. Yeah, it was like an hour and a half, I think, maybe a little bit longer. So what's it really interesting here is that they they establish the the infection. We've got kind of John Hanna plays a character called Dr. Newman, who is issuing a warning about the threat of like fungi during a talk show in like, I think it's like the 60s. Um, and we do get some sort of, I think in the second episode, we get another flashback towards that. So obviously the infection's slightly different. And I think... The infection's given a bit of a backstory as well, whereas it wasn't in the game. I think it was just like this infection kind of exists because of A, B, and C. You can you can just get it. You can just get it. Having not played the game, is it them talking about how the rise in Earth's temperature allows the funguses to mutate and cross the brain? Funguses to mutate and the fact the fact that it's all in grain as well, like this fungi. So essentially this huge mill must have like had some sort of infection. This huge mill sent out various food types across the world 
and a certain percentage of people got infected like because it all kind of like kicks off around about the same time so i guess that kind of makes sense in terms of trying to say how would it kick off all at the same time even though it's not airborne for example um but this is interesting obviously because for a lot of um pandemic movies or a post-apocalyptic zombie because it is kind of zombie-ish isn't it mm-hmm. movies it's usually like obviously biting in 28 days later is the blood stuff getting blood in your eyes and blood in your gob um but yeah this is completely different because the cordyceps kind of um exists and has its own it acts almost like a hive mind scenario as well doesn't yeah. it like grows in the ground as well so this was something that wasn't in the game it grows in the ground so if you like put your foot on it it will like sort of um activate all of the infected in the nearby area and they come sprinting around which is kind of terrifying that would work really well in a in a game scenario wasn't it but they've obviously adapted it in a way i guess to keep each episode from needing so many infected that need to be dispatched because obviously throughout the game you're like there's okay there's infected there there's six infected there and you take them all out one by one whereas this one is a bit more about creeping around trying about, not to engage it's about, it's about set pieces and so on right in this uh, and i imagine it probably links in with some of the set pieces of the game but you have less of the things you know when you play what what's the last of us's runtime like a 20 hour game 25 mm, yeah i guess that would sound about right maybe I'm, I'm sure alongside the in more but like you're probably gonna yeah. play it it's obviously there's some dlc as well hours, right? left left yeah. behind um which obviously gets its own, essentially its own episode in this series as well yeah. but you're um, not going to have the same kind of just routine encounters that you're going to have with any types of enemies that you would get yeah. just in a bit of gameplay so you pull in out those set pieces yeah and obviously the true tragedy of this which is just as impactful as in the tv sh- as in the game sorry um and again plays out very very similar we get a shot for sort of in the car with them when they're trying to escape um when they're f- sort of fleeing the their house in in, in texas and there's sort of like plane crashes and people going going crazy the infection really taking hold and of course a fedra no not fedra that doesn't exist yet but just like a soldier, just a soldier. shooting shooting joel with he's carrying sarah in his arms and yeah it's tragic because he says don't shoot we're not infected the guy still does he gets orders obviously and Sarah shot and she does die. Another thing I feel like this film, this TV show does is it doesn't linger on these sort of tragic moments as much as perhaps the game does. From the game, you're like really made to feel like each moment, whereas this, it kind of like cuts to black and then immediately you're somewhere else or, or, or with other characters. I'm not, and I'm, that's not to say it's not as impactful because it is, but I think it just does a really good job of just pushing that, just moving along so quickly that and i feel like it needs to do that obviously because yeah if it's a 20 hour game and this is just a nine hour show um each episode does sort of focus on either a character moment or like a place i guess doesn't it um and so yeah when 20 years later joel is working for fedra um no no he's working sort of in the fedra in the fedra's control area he does a dirty smut. So him and Tess are doing the smuggling. And yeah, so essentially they want to get a car battery to sell to the Fireflies so they can go and sort of find out where his brother Tommy is, who's been like not been in contact for ages. Um, but yeah, Marlene, the Fireflies leader, essentially gets them to take Ellie to the Massachusetts State House. Um, I go, oh, we'll give you a truck if you do a massive cross-country 
Do a massive job. For oh, actually, it's actually the Massachusetts State House isn't as far away. As they're obviously in they end up going. They're in yeah, Boston, they're in, to Massachusetts. They're in Boston so, yeah. which is in Massachusetts. So you know. there we go. So obviously the, the trip local. ends up being a, a local <laughs> the trip ends up being a lot longer. But yeah, I'll, we'll give you this. And obviously the big twist here is that Ellie has got a bite, like an old bite, um, and she is she is positive because she even gets tested with the old in, infection gun thing, um, and she is positive, but she's not turning. And obviously Joel and and Tess are very skeptical of this scenario but they proceed anyway don't they um that they do that they do episode two which is called infected i won't read out i'll tell you what i won't read out the whole synopsis i'll try and give a bit more of a a general thing so there's we get some scenes like two days before the outbreak in indonesia and this is the thing it's focusing on there's like an effective corpse which is shown to like this mycologist Got his horrible little funguses reaching out the horrible little fungus coming out the mouth. And again, I love this stuff in films like this when an expert gets to look at something and goes like, fucking bomb it, mate. He goes, we're absolutely screwed. Bomb the whole city. And obviously that's horrific in terms of this, in terms of this story. But I just love that because it really does drive home the fact that you're like, oh my God, this is fucking serious. And obviously bombing the whole city, bombing the whole city didn't work. Um, oh, I don't know. Do they? Do they follow their advice? Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't. Yeah, but that's to be fair. That, nah. That's the umbrella answer to everything, isn't it? Yeah. Bomb the shit out. What's that? This mansion, zombies and stuff. Bomb it. Uh, what's the, that? The, sec- the, second, city? The, the second you built any kind of structure, like all these wires, you've got. Oh yeah, self-destruct protocol. Self-destruct protocol. Yeah, self-destruct protocol. Basically, any building that Umbrella Corporation build has to have the capacity to literally nuke itself if anything goes wrong <laughs> i love it though i love it i love oh, just the stress of the countdown uh what's that zombies and stuff oh yeah there's like this thing called a liquor as well a what yeah it's like brains on the it's brains inside that brain it's got a long tongue with it. yeah yeah just we'll let that it. fly but if any bigger monsters come out <laughs> you, you start a three minute countdown all right all right there's this fella called mr x He's uh he's got a little, he's got a nice little hat on there, little nice little hat on his head. Okay, just if bomb he it, yeah. Further than that, then then you blow it up. <laughs> immediately blow it up. Um. So yeah, obviously this is just a flashback in this episode. This episode's called Infected. Um. And again, what's really interesting about this is that like Neil Druckmann has directed this episode as well. He wrote episode one, co-wrote it with Craig Mazine, and then Craig Mazine like wrote the rest of them, apart from Left Behind, which is written by Neil Druckmann. So like ever present essentially the original creators of the game ever present through each episode uh even when it like strays off the beaten path a little bit um That's so yeah essentially... i like to see it i love to see it then i like you know a big proponent of i always talk about it child's play does well for having its original creators involved in it in the horror world oh yeah this is true too seeing mm. Neil Druckmann, craig mazin as part of this really working through it the, the entire series it shows that you are having care for the material you already had, not just because quite often you'll get it at like big IP stuff. Quite often it goes to something else. And I feel on occasion, I'm not going to name any names, but someone picks up an IP and they go, oh, I'm going to change this to make it my thing. Yeah. Or because, you know, I had oh, this idea yeah. that wasn't produced <clears> and now I've got this IP and I can turn it into my thing by changing it. And that's not always the best direction, unfortunately, because it makes things feel uneven and i'm not talking about every adaptation having to be the same but 
sometimes you will stray a little bit far from the path as to what people liked about the original. Well, yeah, most definitely. I agree. And I think this is this episode in particular is like the best visualization of the games, which is just exploring a abandoned cityscape, which is obviously completely yeah. overgrown. Um, you know, nature has taken it back. Um, but also not knowing where the frets are. The frets are like around every corner, essentially. And we're v- and we're very, very slowly introduced to this. Like um, while we're getting to know the characters of Tess and and Joel and Ellie all at the same time, Ellie with her quips and her... she's got a bloody attitude, isn't she? Uh, but all that, she's got all a that knife stuff. And a little book of puns. No, she's got a pun book yet, so she's just yeah giving them shit. <laughs> just giving him shit got a little knife of her um and yeah we're introduced to that and we sort of learn about the world through joel and tess as they're explaining it to ellie because ellie's kind of even though sure she's been around and she's been bitten she we're trying to explain to her like what the clickers are and then we're and we immediately see the clickers in this dark environment tight tight corridors and stuff where you're trying to avoid them and that really does replicate that tension those, from the game as well. For those who haven't heard, seen the series yet, if you're listening to this and, you know, just bearing the spoilers, we're not talking about like infected that have got like fedoras on and they're sort of listening to some smooth jazz going <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about <clears throat> echolocation guys <laughs> they're, yeah. they're there, they go around clicking about like they're calling horses <laughs> clicking um, about bloody hell. Yeah, and then they um, but if they, if they, if they if they listen to you, if they give you a listen, they'll they'll come charge you. So essentially, you. like the they'll they'll thump you to they'll thump you into dust. They've the mushroom infection is is supposed to represent the fact that they've been infected for bloody ages. That their head has like turned into a big mushroom and kind of like split, and they can't see. So they use this clicking noise, like echolocation. They can't kind of bloody see lad. Can somebody bloody give them some eyeballs? Um, and I think a lot of this stuff is practical effects as well. So yeah. it looks really good, and like the 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 physical nature of the of the actors playing the infected as well is great. They're very jolty, and and I think that's what's different from zombies. You know, they um, we've seen that with zombies as well. But like this is, you know, when you see the really infected zombies in zombie TV shows and zombie movies, that's kind of the bit where you're like, oh Jesus Christ, look at that one. That was horrific. Jaw hanging He's off. He's right poorly. He's right poorly. But with this one, it's just all this horrible mushroom stuff bloaty stuff and we will get to the bloaty as well um but again in this so in this scenario it just shows you how easily in the game but also in this thing i can just go to shit because when they get attacked by the clickers turns out ellie gets bitten and tess gets bitten in this section this is like the first encounter they have with anyone infected they're like right we're gonna smuggle her from here to a to b if you were doing like a no hit run in this game you just might as well restart it fail oh hell yeah this is level one um, but yeah, I, I enjoy. There's a lot of stuff recreated from the game, like crossing the ladder over the bit over the um the building, r- the rooftops. Yeah. That's really good. And they eventually end up at the state house as well. And this is re- re- recreated re- really well. But in the game, Tess stays to try and take out Fedra. I believe it's not it's not infected who come no, in. It's not infected, I think because in this one, this, we we lose Tess because she did get bitten in the clicker attack, attack, which means you've got like. She's on the countdown of hours before she goes wampy, right? And turns into a... But I'm pretty sure that Joel and Tess have, have known each other and been in some sort of relationship for a long time. Because we see there's a flashback in the next episode where both of them aren't grey 
and, and looking looking a bit worse yeah. for wear in the old apocalypse. Now we're dying in the apocalypse. Um, so yeah, this again, this is we're already in in episode two, and Joel was experiencing a huge loss again. Um, but yeah, they chilling in this bit when she when she gives up and she's got she's turning, you know, she's trying to set off a bomb to explode everything, and knowing that she's already infected but looking to accelerate it, like the. The infected come over and basically cop off with her to turn it, turn it, finish turning her into a into yeah, a give it, give an old French kiss, but instead of a tongue, it's a it's an old mushroom out into your gob. Again, this is something that wasn't in in the game, like the sort of the like tendrils, the mushroomy tendrils and stuff. Um, obviously, it it, it was spore clouds, so you could just put a, a gas mask on and you were pretty much all right. But obviously, now the 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 tendrils kind of get up in up about up in your business yeah um yeah okay so that's that and episode three is long long time it's so worth you want pausing to on slight... this one so this is the one we saw we got the expansion so this is our episode about bill and frank and it's primarily in the past right we see several periods of their life together it begins with bill finding frank in a pit he's dug a pit like team rocket and he's caught him <laughs> <laughs> not going to steal this Pokemon off him. He says, yeah. what are you doing down there? And he comes and lets in. They bond over a bit of the piano and they get together. Both both lonely, lonely guys. And, you know, the first person they've met, they actually get on with. And it kind of overcomes Bill's like paranoia, really, for seeing other people. And yeah. says you can stay for a, for a couple of days. And then obviously they spend years together we keep seeing uh, like flashes of their lives together it's a it's so i don't good. i don't know how i feel about any film or tv show that shows a passage of time like this i think it it really makes me feel weird in a way where like my, my own mortality i guess where i'm just like i don't know perfect example uh eddie murphy and martin lawrence in the film life took place over the course of decades <laughs> and part of me is going Ah, oh, if my life could just be whittled down into this series of set pieces from through decades, it just makes me think what f- how fleeting life is. And obviously, especially something like this, which shows a a love story between two people in the most unlikely of scenarios. Because like Bill's like a survivalist; he's got a town to himself. He's got power. He's got, he's got defenses. Power, he's got like food. traps. Yeah, and the fact that obviously I know I mentioned that this. It's, it's 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 presented in such a different way to the games because in the games you meet Bill, he's living alone as a survivalist. He lives in like a block rather than a a whole town to himself, and you only really find out about his 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 partner, his relationship through like little notes and stuff you find, and it's tragic because in the end you find his partner like has hung themselves, and. But like uh, pretty much a skeleton, if I remember correctly. So they've been there for ages. And you do kind of mention it to Bill, I think. But he's almost like in denial about it, as far as I remember. So it's okay. almost like so it feels a like story. They've, they've kind of tied up their character a little bit more in this one. Tied up their character a little bit more, yeah. And, and the fact that like it shows... Would I have potentially liked more of Joel and Ellie kind of getting to know these characters... And then maybe then feeling like we we understand the tragedy of it because obviously it gets to a point where they've been together for years, and Frank becomes terminally ill and Bill's kind of helping him. But 
he asked him to like assist his suicide. Um, and obviously, we do see Joel and Tess interacting with these characters in part of these early flashbacks, on, right? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Part of me was like, I understand it's a standalone thing, and it, I, I know what it's, I, I understand what it's supposed to represent. It's supposed to represent this thing that like love, love's going to flourish regardless of the situation, the scenario. Like the apocalypse has essentially happened, but people are still banding together and living their lives essentially, like living their lives and experiencing food, music, um, all the all the things that life should be about, but they're experiencing it whilst uh, the world has ended in a way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like the, the feeling the, the true nature of that tragedy, because um, obviously then Joel and Ellie do sort of arrive in the... However, and I will say that... Because he's... he's he's ended his own life alongside with his partner in the show. Right. And then yeah. leaves a note saying, Hey, don't come in. Sorry. Don't come in. But see, I think that's great. I think that bit's done really well because they don't go in. You don't need to see the two of them lying dead together. And there's a great sequence, obviously where we see it through the open window of where they are in the bedroom. And obviously open windows are very press take pre- are very fo- focused upon in the game. It's it's like the sort of loading screen for a lot of things. So we see open windows before the game starts, and as the game progresses, you see like different open windows representing how far along in, in the story you are. Um, and I think that happens in two as well. So that was a really nice touch. I really did like that. Um, I think just imagine lot... me watching the watching this episode now with all these little fleeting moments of life with like. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon, yeah. little tear running down your face. Oh man, I don't know what it is. I, I, I just feel like for me, that that thing, anything that represents a passage of time like that, for me, almost feels too much for, for like in terms of the way like I could connect with it, but it's almost like the tragedy of it, and like it almost feels too much for me. It not not like it makes me upset. I mean, it it does to a degree, but some something about it is incredibly like disheartening i think but i understand why they've done this because what they're trying to do is go right here are some other characters who aren't joel and ellie and here is how the pan the pandemic is how the bloody pan well here's a pandemic really isn't yeah it? is it yeah it is here's how it is affected them and in a way it's almost like hope isn't it it's like but you know you can essentially live a fairly normal life despite the fact that this has happened, you know? There are moments in this episode where you're like, oh my God, one of them's definitely dead now. Oh no, is the other one going to die? And then they don't. They kind of live this this life. Um, yeah. I yeah, think this it's... is one of those things as well, like it has a nice moment and some heartwarming moments in this series, which otherwise can be quite bleak at a lot of times, right? Mm-hmm. And even though it's a sad story, it has a great deal of, happiness about it and i think there would be lesser things that are like oh these characters are good i would like one of them to survive i'd love nick as much as part of you would love in the last episode as they're trying to escape from the base nick offerman to pull up in a car and goes get in everybody let's go it's not the type of show that they're making um and i think it makes for characters that you spend one episode with it carries a great amount of weight is it my favorite episode of the series it's up there with maybe one other I think uh, so a lot of people's problems with this episode you know we'll ignore the bigots because you know whatever their problems are with the episode is 
That's more neither than here nor. You're, not, you're not going to convince them any otherwise, so might as well. No, it's neither here nor there. I think so. Any of the problems people do have is like, oh, this is a, a zombie post-apocalyptic show. I don't really want to take a whole episode with, with a love story, essentially. And for that, I can kind of understand it. But I think we don't get to where we're going without this episode. We don't we don't end up in in episode nine understanding everything and everybody without going through the 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 tragedy of this of this episode so while on its own you might look at it and say maybe it takes the wind maybe it loses a bit of his momentum in terms of you know like oh there's pretty much no infected and there's no real threat of course somebody some people do attack the town at one point but there's no like true true threat where you think oh my god that's it it's over for everyone but have it so yeah. i can i can understand that in a way but i think i'm looking at it from both sides where i'm saying also we don't get to our destination without taking a a route through this town and this story of and, and this is this is as well the point you have to think of that that if you want something which is going to attract a huge audience and is going to bring more people into as a mainstream piece of entertainment something that as a video game that as they said in the creator loads of people would never pick up a controller mm. this is what you need you need a tapestry it's like they say ben and what is it um mm. march winds april showers bring forth the may flowers doesn't it so you know what i mean it's a bit of variety i'm not gonna deny i'm not gonna deny you that um okay so we move swiftly on to episode four please hold to my hand i like that i like when things are <laughs> I like it when you're like, hey, that don't make sense. I love it. Um, so now this is where Joe and Ellie are taking a detour through Kansas City. Um, they get ambushed by some bandits. You say bandits, you know, I think we we established that these are just young. They're pretty young kids, aren't they? Um, there is a moment obviously here where Joel, this is interesting as well, right? I like I like this in the series. I will folk I will mention this. Joel is very human in this. He's not like a huge tank of a man, like in the games where you're just like, essentially he's fucking everybody up. He's smashing people's heads in. He's hitting people with baseball bats. In this, he gets like overpowered by like quite a young, sort of like teenager. Ellie has to save him by shooting the man in the back. Is that right? Um, and then we we quickly find out that here in Kansas City, there's like been like some sort of uprising where it's not quite Fedra, but They've like taken over, and it's like so. It's Kathleen, who wasn't is... it? Wasn't it? Didn't it used to be Fedra, and then they overthrew right. them, and I now think that's it's correct. just a. So just again, I, show. again, forgive me if anybody's listening and they're right up to speed on all the nitty gritty details of the games. You know, I've played, I've played the first and the second game multiple times, but maybe I'm misremembering some stuff. Um. I'm pretty sure that this is new as well. There's nothing like this. Henry and Sam. So there's a man called Henry and his younger brother, Sam. That's right, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like on the run from this group as well. He's kind of like hiding out in, in the city somewhere. And they kind of think that maybe Joel and Ellie are involved as well when they find out that some of their people are killed. Um, I'm pretty sure they just meet up with Henry and Sam in the games and just go on a little bit of a trip with them for a while this whole dynamic with so Kathleen's definitely not a character from the games um but it's yeah so it's weird this dynamic because it's almost like they're very willing to just like execute people who have like maybe been in cahoots with anybody else who doesn't like agree with this uprising is that what we're supposed yeah. to think they've, they've come up with quite a um 
it's like governed by fear, isn't it? That they and then you see a section where Kathleen is basically who ratted us out, eh? Who was it? Was it, right? Sorry, murdered. And if murdered a lot of you, yeah, yeah. She um, she rules through fear. Does does Kathleen? It probably makes sense, Ben, if we because this is two very tightly knit episodes at this point, four and five. So should we just rattle into the next one? Because for episode yeah. four, we we end episode four after they've encountered these bandits and it's the first time Ellie has been able to use a gun and Joel's beginning to trust her as someone yep. who can handle themselves and help with them surviving. They go to sleep and oh, they, they have an alert, so they have been bonding via via the, the yeah. pun book here and even as they go to sleep she gets says, Joel to give some laugh. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. so he laughs and you sort of understand that like this is the thing. This relationship is very complex and it goes in a lot of different directions in the first game and in the second game, but in this one, it is like she is maybe it's a bit straightforward to say she's becoming a replacement for his daughter Sarah. But I think for the first time he's opened himself back up to those parental feelings like he's closed himself off from them for so long for 20 years and now finally someone is here to maybe start to open himself back up to that um right. which obviously then... he's finding difficult to deal with but also yeah so henry and sam kind of hold them up at gunpoint at the end of one episode and we roll straight into the other which shows them yeah coming up with a truce ellie gets so that... on very well with little boy sam and they're they're looking for the plans to escape from the city yeah, this next episode is called Endure and Survive. This is episode five. I was just quickly, sorry, just going to mention Kathleen as an antagonist. It's very, very strange because she rules by fear, yes, but she's very like softly spoken. Um, and it's almost like the people she's got on her side give her that power. It's not like she's particularly, well, she does kill people, but, you know, she doesn't seem to rule with violence herself or, or like threats in any way. She's kind of very softly spoken. And in a way that is quite scary isn't it yeah she is yeah she kind of maybe isn't always the one tech carrying out the physical violence but is the one that makes those decisions the brutal decisions to like right finish this person off kill off this person like she makes those calls incredibly ruthlessly i think which makes her like a really effective like antagonist character here and i was mistaken that's just had to check like you know when your memory puts um character in there it immediately placed her as the lady who is the sheriff in the first series of fargo but it's not yeah her. it's not the same i thought exactly the same thing andy i think i even mentioned i said isn't she in fargo yeah so sort of like but a very similar sort of character you would say in a way isn't it um well maybe yeah. not character but very simple a very similar performance like understated softly spoken but carries a certain weight to her which makes you feel like she needs an, to an, be an authority respected an authority figure yeah, yeah. um and so they're they're on the run they talk about going through the tunnels to um, and eventually heading we're talking about heading north is that right that they wanted to head across the river and through the tunnels and then mm -hmm. outwards yeah, um, I think so. Oh, I don't think we even mentioned, but after the episode, after episode two, essentially, um, Joel was just like, "I'm going to continue taking Ellie to the Firefly." So you're supposed to meet them here, but actually, they ended up at this university, which is bloody miles away. But I'm going to take you across. Across, I've got nothing else on. I've got nothing better to do, you know. Um. So yeah, that that was it, and obviously, again, we're. The way that this is Ellie an and Sam, episode, right? 
This is a what? This is a big action episode, right? Yeah, I think this this might be my favorite episode because I think this one just captured the holy shit nature of some of the set pieces in the game as well. So obviously Ellie and Sam become friends. Uh, Joel and and Henry have like a bit of a sort of like understanding, I guess, going on. Um, and this particular, after they escape through the tunnels, this particular sequence in a cul-de-sac with a sniper in an upper story window shooting them is like pretty much perfectly recreated from the game where you playing as Joel go basically flank him while everybody else sort of stays hiding in cover, kills the sniper, and then you take over for the sniper rifle as loads of infected rush into the cul-de-sac and you're kind of like protecting Henry, Sam and Ellie. Um, And this kind of happens, but of course this time we get Kathleen and all of her soldiers come in as well. Um, And there is a little bit of a subplot that we get from the last episode is that they tried to kill loads of infected and ended up like trapping them underground. They're like yeah, in in that. tunnels totally underground, and the, and it was like, oh, they're going to get out eventually. Oh, what are we going to do when they do? Oh, don't know, but we can't tell anyone that sort of thing. But of course, this happens when Kathleen and her crew are trying to apprehend Joel, Ellie, Henry, and Sam, including a bloater. So loads of infected, loads of clickers all come out and maul the the the. Uh, the soldiers to death and a big old massive bloater comes out he's basically the hulk in 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 clicker form right yeah and he's smashing people up he's uh they're they're all over the place aren't they like they're tearing up like it's really it's a really cool and again very video gamey thing right where you have multiple types of enemies which also would fight each other and yeah. you as a player can navigate through where you get these two factions to face off against each other. This big bloater's there. It's tearing yeah. people apart. It's thumping people. It's like a force that changes the tide of this battle. Yeah. And that does happen in the in the in the game, you know, you and you can kinda like maybe shoot a infected who's near like some soldiers and then that, that one will go in and attack them and it will kind of kick off and you can kind of just sneak through. That pretty much happens. Obviously there's a moment here where um, a child clicker crawls into a car where Ellie is, little girl in her, gy- in her gym jams, um, but it eventually kills Kathleen, leaps and kills her. Um, yeah. And again, this lot can't go a second without getting bitten. This is when Sam, they end up at a motel and Sam shows Ellie that he was bitten. And here, bless bless Ellie, of course. This doesn't this happen so in the game. Nice. Yeah, she tr- she potentially says her blood is medicine her blood can heal him um but obviously that doesn't happen and then yeah, there was she, a bit where, where sam her, says will you hand, stay with puts me puts a bit in his leg and he's uh and he kind of goes yeah they they kind of take a moment they go to sleep together she said she'll stay with him she wakes with mm. the morning he's sat on the bed gives him a little nudge and he's gone horrible he's a he's a mushroom man He's a mushroom man. I think that this scene is where we really start to understand how good um, Bella Ramsey is in the role of Ellie. There's all these like nuances in her performances where, I mean, I thought it was great up to this point, but I think this was like the point where I was like, holy shit, this is, this is a serious heavyweight performance in particular. So obviously Sam runs out, Ellie runs out. He's infected. Oh my God, what's going to happen? Oh my God, we're going to have to shoot him. We're going to have to shoot him. All this panic kind of happening. And Henry shoots Sam. Henry shoots his brother. Um, 
and then shoots himself. And I think in terms of the performance, as I say, in this moment, we don't see Henry shoot himself. We see him put the gun to his head, but then we see Ellie's reaction and she kind of like, it's almost like she does, she like screams, but like a really suppressed scream and then watches. Get it and again then again in the next episode. And then a perfect tear goes down her face. It's just, it's just perfect where we're just like, this was the moment I think where I went, because before, okay, this girl's playing the character of Ellie. Does it necessarily feel like Ellie to me? In a way, in her, sen- in her sense of humor, in all these other things. But I think here at episode five, at the end of episode five, was when I went, okay, well, Bella Ramsey is Ellie. You know, there's yeah. no, there's no, they're interchangeable in my head. The performances now between Ashley Johnson and Bella Ramsey. Um, and it's perfect, really, because straight from this one, Oh, I was going to say we're going to Left Behind, but the next one, the next episode is Kin, which is three months after Henry and Sam's deaths. Obviously, what I think it establishes well here is that Joel and Ellie have bonded, not just over you know, their sense of humor and the fact they've been relying on each other so long, but they've experienced shared trauma as well now. They've gone through things together, terrible, they've witnessed terrible things together and survived. And I think that is what is allowing them to to continue being such a such a great team. Yeah, it's a, it's another good episode because is this so? This is where they so the episode kit. So they 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 find this is I'm just reading the the piece here where it talks about they you know they find the city they've they've teamed up and then they have an opportunity where they could split apart right where Joel has reached the thing and he basically says hey can you look after her, I'm going to move on or yeah, like I, I can, it says here, this is what's confused me. It says here it's his declining mental state. I thought he had a poorly heart from his thing. Uh, I think it's like a combination of things. So obviously I did mention that like they do represent Joel in a way where like he's susceptible to health, not just health problems, but like mental fatigue as well. And there's a bit where he walked out of a, um, out of the sort of one of the buildings and kind of almost like, goes to faint or like sort of has to catch his breath. Um, I just, that's it the most makes heavily like... memed one, right? Isn't it? It's like over, <laughs> 30, and over, th- one, over yeah. 30 and had two beers and it's like <laughs> <laughs> over 30 and you stand up too quick to, to answer the door. Oh Jesus. Are you all right? Yeah. I just stood up way too fast. <laughs> yeah. fucked. I do hate that. Though. Yeah. Like, I wasn't sure. Like I thought it was like he had like a, you know, like a like a heart problem or something that might come up in a bit of the game I haven't played. Well, he's supposed to be like fifty odd, right? Or getting on for fifty. Get bad. I'm pretty sure. Doing that. Like this is the thing. He's gone. He's not. They're not eating well. Like they're barely eating well. They're eating like beef jerky, like every now and then. Um, obviously, on when... Snickers. Is he? He's not. <laughs> <laughs> when they get here, they obviously have a, a meal for the first time in bloody ages. Um. But yeah, he's so eating it, he's eating it too quick. That's where he's gone funny. <laughs> oh. well, I mean, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. That's gone. That's gone down a wrong hole. Oh, I'll tell you what. Got any Rennie? Have you got any Rennie? <laughs> got any Rennie? No? So it's the only thing that's gone. He ran out. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, basically, Joel asks Tommy to take Ellie to the Fireflies. He's like, I can't keep her safe. I've become a liability. Um. Um. Physically, not the same as <laughs> what. what? Physically, I'm not the same as I used to be. Sometimes and... I'll stand up too quick and be like, "What you say about his hearing as well?" I swear he says about his hearing. Yeah, he's a bit deaf in here as well now because he's been having the gun go off by his ear all the time. 
<laughs> Bang! Oh shit! Um, Start two Ellie... races. Ready? <laughs> Clicker race. But Ellie like overhears them, confronts Joel, uh, and Joel's like insistent. Way. It's like we should part ways, and this is horrible because you always think, no, I don't want to suddenly. Like if you're not familiar with the games, you might be like, no, I don't suddenly want no Petro Pascal and just this new guy to come along and uh, just take over. That's not, I'm not interested in that, which is why it's so much more satisfying when um, Joel changes his mind. And the reason he changes his mind is just because he's remembering remembering Sarah. And there's even a moment, and this is a great moment, where he sees somebody in the middle of the town. Looks a so bit this, like her, right? Looks a bit like her, yeah, from behind. So this is interesting as well. So this town represents the town they actually end up at and start last of us two at in the game the place where tommy is is like a dam and they do okay. see a dam they do see a dam they and i think they make a pun about it Adam <laughs> what what <laughs> beaver i don't know <laughs> what did one beaver say to the other damn uh something like that something like that um so yeah, they've moved it to this town, I guess, to try and establish the fact that look, here's a here's a base that they can retreat back to. Is this where they go at the to. end of the series? Is this where they've gone back to? Or are uh, they I think else? so. Um, I think so. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm going to say I think so. It sounds about right, doesn't it? You would go back there because they've got it all set. They got a Christmas tree and everything. They got osses. They got films on. What film do they watch? Oh yeah, what film? Uh, is it an animated film? I don't, we don't. We never see it on screen, but you, it's you hear Shrek it. Two. So you know what it is. I don't know. Uh, Shrek Two. What's his name's watching Shrek Two? But I am Legend, man. Ben, I am Legend. He knows it word for word. He's Jesus buddy, Christ! He's buddy, he's got it out. Oh, I went oh. to a video shop that we saw in town in New <laughs> All the videos there, apart from Shrek Two. Oh. Some Go scientists ahead. took it out. The dummy mannequin guy in there told me he's <laughs> overdue. This actually. mannequin di- guy told me he's just like he's he's a right weirdo. He's always talking to him. Um, so yeah, he bent essentially changes his mind. Um, and then they travel to Colorado again. This is perfect. If you could play the game where they go to this Colorado, and I guess it's obviously based upon an actual university in Colorado, so they've like recreated it, or maybe not even recreated it, like it actually exists, but they recreate it in the game because this looks exactly the same as the game. It's ridiculous, like never before. I think this is the best. Like actual scene recreation, the whole thing. I just feel like I'm in the, I'm in this particular area of the game. Um, so yeah, the, the fireflies have gone. They're not, they're not at the university again, but there are signs of them everywhere. But when they're trying to leave, um, so I think they say, oh, they're in a hospital in Utah. I think they find, luckily, they find a piece of paper where someone's gone. Go into hospital in Utah. Bye bye. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you read this, they find like a Resident Evil file. Yeah, if you read this, I'm already dead. Um, and a zombie comes out of the cupboard. But yeah, so Joel and Ellie then get attacked by like a group of raiders. One of them attacks Joel, but Joel manages to like kill it, kill it, kill him. Um, but he does get stabbed along the way. Now they escape. Like this is a great scene because obviously Ellie is like shooting her gun at them as they as they run away, and you think, oh, they're all right actually. Nope. Joel's been shanked and then he collapses, falls off the falls off the falls off ass. Yeah. Falls off his ass. And then we're thinking, oh shit, what's gonna happen? Because you know, I'm imagine if you get stabbed in a post-apocalyptic waste apocalyptic wasteland, that's pretty much it, right? You're done. Yeah, you're like, done for. Number of things, Ben. First, I mean you get stabbed anywhere, it's gonna come dead sharp. So it's gonna sting at the, yeah. at the least. That's the, that's your best case scenario. One, 
everyone's susceptible to getting poorly if you don't go and get it fixed up. And then added to that, you're going to fall off your ass. I reckon that would hurt you, even if you were otherwise fine. Ah, oh, yeah. Break some ribs, fall off your ass. Especially, Jesus. no no defence at all. Can you Like, the chairs we're sitting on now are not as high as a horse. Yeah, I wouldn't no. want to just fall off it with no defence. face first. No. Um, Very painful. Yeah, so um, we move into, I think... Sorry, this is when we get the Left Behind episode now. Yeah, right? so the next episode is like a flashback episode for Ellie to try and sort of establish her character um, and everything that came before. Well, not everything, but like up until the point that she met Joel. Um, so obviously Ellie has got Joel in an abandoned house, like in a basement, and she's covered him up with a blanket. I think, is it a nice tarpaulin? I'm not sure. Covered up with a blanket and she's like kind of, trying to find food and, and medicine for him just to ensure he doesn't kick the bucket. Um, but he tells Ellie to leave him. Leave me, you bloody hell. You know, I'm, I'm going to die down here. Just get get yourself to the Utah hospital. Um, but then, yeah, she, she remembers her time before she set off with Joe and it's like she was in federal military school, like getting bullied by someone, but like standing up to them and fucking them up. <laughs> Classic, like any port, port, any uh, media representation of someone who's a bully who's like an absolute lunatic someone who bullies some and also like a bit yeah. like we talked about scream a couple of weeks ago someone who you think is unhinged and the best thing to do that person is to bully them. well you're fucking psycho what are you gonna do stab me probably yeah yeah <laughs> i've actually got a knife i've actually got a knife um but her friend riley has been missing for three weeks she ran away but she sneaks back into the dorm room and she tells Ellie she's joined the bloody fireflies, but I think like both of them. I've joined the bloody fireflies, mate. I've joined the bloody fly fireflies. Um, but yeah, I think Ellie was like, "Oh, fireflies, bunch of knobheads, aren't they?" And I think even Riley was of that persuasion at some point. But then she goes, "I've got a surprise for you." Even though it's like two thirty in the morning, I'm like, oh, "I'll get my shut eye." Don't she say something like, "I'll be up at six to do some sort so of to, to do a bleep test." To do a bloody bleep test, and she's like two thirty. Come, come with me for a surprise. And she can takes you come to. At like, can you come at like half nine, just after we've gone to bed? Oh, that would have been ideal, wouldn't it? Um, she takes her to an abandoned mall. So obviously, again, this recreates the scenario in the DLC left behind from The Last of Us. So it's not in the main game; it's just in some DLC. But I think it's very. I think if you played the main game, you should definitely play the DLC as well because it adds so much to. Yeah, it's good to find out what kind of happened to Ellie as well. Um, so yeah, there's loads of stuff in the mall. They there's like a photo booth, an arcade, a carousel, all lovely stuff. They have a go on Mortal Kombat, which I feel like they do a bit of if a, you had... yeah, especially in a year that we're teasing a new Mortal Kombat game. Um, they edging for Ellie or Joel to be in it. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine? But also, I feel like that'd be so difficult suddenly being thrust into having to play Mortal Kombat with no understanding of what it is or how it works. <laughs> but yeah. I think Ellie does all right, right? Yeah, do you reckon it must have had it, had it just come out before the before the apocalypse? Or no, that happened in... It's 2003, in, yeah. It's, it's obviously in 2003 Ellie, now, so Mortal Kombat... But obviously Ellie has only known apocalypse. She's never known before. Um, yeah, she's never... She's, she, she was born in a post-apocalypse world. No Mortal Kombat for anyone. Jesus. She has got a Mortal Kombat poster on her wall, though, so I think that's why she knows what it is. Like she's seen the poster. Become like a, just become like a legend. You've always heard the stories. You think she's like, you know, those cheap books Kombat. used to get in. Those cheap books used to get in like PlayStation magazines. That's some of the only other literature they had in the Federer Academy. She knows all the fatalities. 
She knows all fatalities. Um, and obviously, um, what's her name? What's her name? Her friend, Riley. Um, Riley. Riley does say to her, look, uh, the Fireflies assigned me to this post um, in Atlanta. This is essentially going to be my last night in Boston. I'm sorry, but I'll go. See you later. Ellie's obviously really upset. She like storms off. Um, but then she comes back and they have like a moment in a Halloween shop, put some masks on, have a laugh. And then eventually they kiss. And then the moment is quickly ruined by uh, an infected attack. If they've been and kissing, maybe they've been... They might have heard it coming. This is annoying, isn't it? Because we already established, and I hate it when TV shows and, and, and when, when anything does this, it automatically establishes the threat. We see an infected like waking up and hearing the like arcade noises. So we know for a fact that infected is going to be making its way over to them. And now you're just in constant dread of thinking, when is it going to get there? When is What's this it going to do? It hears like the Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes, it goes, gives a turn. Gives a go. Thought you were gonna say it goes get over here, but no, it doesn't. It just get it just comes here. in bites them. No, comes in, um, bites both of them, right? Yeah, they both get bitten in the struggle. So we kind of end this episode with them this happens so many flashback. times. Sorry, this this happens so many times in this show where you see someone struggling and it isn't obvious that they've been bitten. Happens with Tess. Happens with Sam. Like it's not entirely obvious. Like they're in some sort of struggle, but we don't see the moment of the bite. It's kind of like the aftermath. And I guess that's kind of like how adrenaline works, isn't it? Like you can get stabbed or sh- multiple times and not really realize what's happened until after you've after the the event. Um, and obviously this is quite emotional, but also poetic. Where they say, "Let's just stay together and go." What do they say? Let's just stay wait. And lose out. our minds together. Just stay and lose our minds together. Stay and what I think is great. Both turn to ghoulies. Both turn to ghoulies. What is great is it doesn't show us. We know that. We know that Ellie's not infected, and we know that she's going to be the only one who's immune. So we know that Riley obviously didn't make it. Riley did get infected, but we don't see the moment, which I think is great. I think that's. And- Tell me, as a player of the games, what do we get in comparison there? The same? Oh, God, I don't remember, you know. It's the DLC as well. I can't entirely remember. Well, it's a good question. I'll have to remind myself. I'm hoping the same because I feel like that is more effective. I don't think we need to see Riley because I think the impact of somebody changing, like Sam, we've had it. We see it. We know what they're capable of and that, you know, it ends one way or another. What I kind of like about the Ellie and the Riley situation is a bit ambiguous. We don't know as Ellie what happened, you know, because there must have been a moment where Riley turned and Ellie was like, holy shit, what the fuck? And then more and more time went by. Well, I'll turn in a minute, surely. And then eventually, you know what? I'm not going to turn. Um, And that's what it's happened. All right, actually, now I think about it. I feel better. I feel better than I did before. Um, And then we go back to the present. Ellie finds a sewing needle and manages to stitch Joel's wound. And he's like talking gibberish. And he's like, oh, bloody oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm going to bloody <laughs> All you need to do is go and find a first aid kit, right? They're all hanging about here. If you go in every house, you'll find one. It's fine. That's how these games work. But no. Get some aid spray and uh, you'll be all right. You'll be um, fine. So then we yeah, move on is, to... He's wittering on. And then this might be my favorite episode yeah i mean it's got to be up there and i think i think i got favorite episodes for different reasons like i really enjoyed left behind for 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 
similar reasons to maybe reasons why I enjoyed episode three. It was just a really good sort of like character building. Each of those people being themselves and having a nice time. Yeah. Just think so. I could just this could just be the program. This could just easy, this could easily be the program. Yeah. Um I watched X the other day again and I thought to myself, you know, I like oh, these yeah, guys. Of course. I'd, like, I'd like to just see the trials and tribulations of them making a porno in the late seventies. Be all right. Yep. All everything that happened up until them all getting horrific murdered. Spoilers for X. Uh, so the next episode is when we are in need. So this again is an episode that sticks very closely to the game, and also this section of the game is the first time you get to play as Ellie. Um, so that's obviously impactful because you're like, oh, what? I'm Ellie now. Like, no, that's not a problem. Obviously, there are moments in the second game where when you do change perspective, people aren't very happy about it. However, with this one, yeah, you become Ellie. She's hunting for food in the snow. She shoots a deer. She tracks the animal. And then she encounters this preacher called David and his fellow hunter, James, played by Troy um, Baker, obviously, who voiced Joel. So that's good. And then she does does a little trade, doesn't she? she trades a deer for some pe- penicillin. Can you go and get some penicillin? And come back, and she she knows she knows her shit, Ellie. She's like, I'm not coming with you. I'm not coming with you. Okay. I'm gonna, Absolutely I'm gonna, not. uh no, I'm gonna wait here for you to bring it back to me. Uh, and she does. She gets that, and then unfortunately, though, um, David, he's a he's a one, isn't he? He's a wrong one. Um, they're clearly feeding. I think it's never really disguised to you as the viewer that the rations they have. Are people? Yeah, I don't think it's right. disguised, but it's because they like. Oh, we've pretty much run out of meat. How are we going to tell everybody? And then it keeps like turning up. And I think it's quite obvious because they talk about somebody dying, somebody getting killed. Um, and this is the thing. It links back to episode six as well, the end of Kin, where essentially this group were the group that attacked Joel, stabbed him, and obviously Joel killed one of theirs. So they kind of that's the thing. They got it out for Joel, which is good. It kind of not just in the first game, but the second game as well, establishes these things, which is like, oh, the coen- the the uh, consequences of my actions, which I think a lot of games don't do. Like Nathan Drake runs through Uncharted, murdering hundreds of people in a row. But there's what this game people, seems to do... There's loads of people that have like, uh, oh yeah, my partner's away as a henchman, actually, for... Um, <laughs> Hang on, sorry, I'm going to take this. Hello? What? He's been mowed down by a fortune by Nathan Drake. Killed by Nathan Drake, swinging from like some rope, swinging, <laughs> swinging down and shot him in the shot him in the face with an Uzi. Oh going, god! Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, so insane. Yeah, the, yeah, you're right. It shows the consequences and like how to, this was like a random enemy that just attacked, but uh, these people say, "Oh, this is a member of our community," even mm. though David Arongan is saying, oh, we'll be avenged, all right. But he, he he clocks fairly quickly that Ellie must be with Joel, the man that killed. Yeah, he's very, things. very... He's he's manipulative, but he's very, like, attuned to everything that's going on. He's he's, he's a predator in, him, in his own right, isn't he? So, like, I think that's a good juxtaposition in this where we've got, like, Ellie hunting the deer and it's almost like David's hunting Ellie. And it's funny, isn't it, that, you know, sometimes different events in your life, people get those opportunities to completely move and reinvent themselves. In our regular society, not in a cordyceps apocalypse, might be when people go away to uni. They say, oh, yeah. I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm going to be dead cool now. I'm going to wear a hat. I'm going to go in there with a nickname. Blade. 
Uncle Blade. Viper. <laughs> Blade and Viper turn up. Oh yeah. Um. Yes. So yeah. So, so, Uncle, so... Uncle Blade Viper, they come along. <laughs> but David, what he's done is he's rebranded from being a maths teacher. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. He's, he's rebranded from being a teacher, certainly, to a cannibal preacherman. He's a cannibal preacher, man. Yeah, and he's obviously he's essentially like the leader of that group, but he's he's screwing them over by preaching all this crap to them, but then feeding them human flesh when they think it's yeah. a lovely bit of venison. Little girl's upset that her dad has died. He gives her a slap and says, "Oh yeah, Jesus actually wouldn't want you to to be sad about this." Jesus had a bloody guts for you. Up. Forty up, days yeah. with no food. He went. <laughs> Did you hear him moaning? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's that? What's that say in the Bible about moaning? It says don't so, actually. I, it no says don't bloody do it. Ellie gives Joel a bit of the old penicillin. She's like, I don't really know what to do. I'm just going to inject it straight into the wound. Um, Fast acting and then, that way. Get right to the source da- of the problem. <laughs> right into the source. But then David's crew like pretty quickly um, track her down in 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 the in the sort of little little street she's at um and they go looking for for Joel Ellie like escapes tries to lead them away essentially um but she does get captured doesn't she she gets captured but she buys just enough time for Joel's like fast acting penicillin yeah the cooldown timer that requires for him to be revived to have timed out and then i have the power the power of penicillin he manages to wake up just in time to roll out of bed so that when one of the guys comes in, he manages to fuck him up. And this is the thing. Comes up. His... What was that noise? <laughs> just in time to get shanked <laughs> to bits. Yeah, and then he does a bit as well, which is, again, this is in the game, but in a completely different section of the game, where Joel does like a torture technique that I think him and Tommy used to do, which is where he asks one person to show him on a map where they've taken Ellie. And then the other guy didn't see this particular map pointing. He says, like, if point point to it. If you don't point to his that same place, I'm going to batter you. But there's a slight spin on it, this one, where he just goes, I believe him. I'm just going to batter you. Clunk your head in. I, I, be- I believe him. And he bonks him on the head. <laughs> Here's a bonk. I've seen, a I've seen bonk, a, a bonk I think I've head. seen a little edit where someone's edited in a little comical bonk onto his head. <laughs> little squeaky hammer. <laughs> Ready? Oh, that came. That came. Sure. Bloody egg on his head. Um, so so <laughs> this this bit is like extensive in the game when like the storm rolls in and there's like snow everywhere and you're like trying to get to Ellie um, as Joel and then you're you're playing as Ellie as well and she is obviously caged up. I think she realizes that there's some She's sort feral. of animal. <laughs> she is in feral mode. Um, and she stabs, like she managed to escape. So they're gonna like pin her down, and I'm not sure what they're gonna do to her. Actually, in this particular instance, they're just gonna kill her and chop her up. But she manages yeah. to stab James in the neck with like a cleaver. It doesn't look very deep. This thing, I was like, I've had to pull that out. That's like a bloody centimeter deep. But now it kills him. And then the bit, which is a huge set piece in the game, where Ellie's trying to escape David in this like burning down lodge, um, is done really well here as well it's really difficult in the game because like you use this like ear to the ground thing to kind of see where everyone is but in the game he's really creepy he, he tiptoes so you can't actually see where he is and then he'll appear behind you so yeah he's like a scary scary big boss um but this time he manages to pin 
Ellie down, and I think it goes a bit does go a bit rapey, isn't it? Like he is gonna. He does. He's, uh, so this is the and this is the thing. The mask slips. This is obviously the person he was bef- even before this. I think. I don't necessarily even think that this was him. You know, just he's become this. I feel like he was this before. Before that he tried to reinvent himself. The same level of CRB checks in two thousand and three before all this no, happened. Exactly. Um. But yeah, she does manage to stab him and then absolutely bludgeon him to death with the meat cleaver. And this is another thing where we really do see that trauma um, front and center to the point where like Joel manages to catch up with her and he sort of arrives behind her and grabs her and she's like terrified of him. Like, get get the hell off me. Um, she says, oh, it's just you. So I think she's start- quite. A, I've had quite a day. I think she's starting to realize her place in this world where it's like she's meant for something different and this sort of like survival instinct that she's got like she's not just trying to save her life and sort of she knows she has to help joel as well because at this point she still thinks he's incapacitated but also she's got this mission and i think her and joel are realizing now that they're this might be one of the big final hurdles to overcome before they can uh get to the end of the game essentially um and obviously this is the moment as well where joel says i've got you baby girl yeah. Something that something that you're not a baby, I'm bloody grown up. What are you all about? I killed a man today. I just murdered. I killed a man mere mi- I killed a ma- killed a man mere minutes ago. Um, and this is where it's gone full circle now. That Joel is, she's she's essentially his daughter. She's become a surrogate daughter to him. She's managed to to fill that void that he had left by Sarah's death. Um, and he's become a parental figure again while being so shut off probably from any emotion or feeling towards anyone like that for so long so i think eight eight hours into um this show i think it's done really well to establish that and then we get into a absolutely ripper of a finale we begin with the other star of the game's um cameo in this role so you say ellie's Mother Anna, played by the same actor who plays Ellie in the game, yep. is uh, off, is in the midst of having labour, which is the worst time to be having it when there's a zombie chasing you. Um, oh, yeah. A persistent a zombie as well. Yeah, cops a the... bite in the in the scuffle. As it always happens. Always happens in the scuffle, you know? That's uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, so this episode, yeah, it's called Look for the Light. And again, this bit with Ellie's mother never touched upon never discussed in the game this is a thing it's been completely um added and i think it's supposed to give marlene's character a little bit more of a place in in the story as to how but, she fit into ellie's life yeah because i guess we're supposed to think from episode one i kind of think oh marlene's just one of the um opposing one of the firefly people who comes across ellie and, and that's it but the fact is she's got a history of her. Um, so she finds Marlene and Anna, who is Ellie's mum, says, look after a little baby called Ellie. Give her a knife straight away. <laughs> a newborn give baby. This, give her this knife, but do blow his face off, will you, at the minute? Because I've been bitten. Yeah, do blow me bloody face off. And she says, you can't do it. Um, Just go on. After she go on, a couple will of times, you? She goes, all right. She goes, all right, seeing as you insist. Um. And then she does do a bit of a tells a couple of porkies though. She goes, Oh, I got bitten after I'd cut the cord, actually. Oh yeah. But this is great though, because this 
this establishes why Ellie is immune as well, because before it was just a freak, a freak of nature, you know. But I'm assuming that no one's mum had been bit during labour in in the 20 years, or actually it was less than 20 years, five years or something, leading up to this. So it does kind of explain it without doing all the medical tests and everything. It's like, okay, so that's why she's immune, because she was born while her mum was like, in the in the process of being infected, which is again really interesting. Is this um, is this so this isn't touched upon in the games, right? You say this isn't touched upon in the games. Um right. so so this particular this particular bit isn't touched upon in terms of the history of Ellie and her mum. Um no. So this is all new. This is all sort of established. I think everything from when we catch up with Joel and Ellie is in the game like everything everything in this episode which is almost like joel and ellie being a bit downbeat almost like they both understand that this they're coming to the end of their journey together they're coming to the end of their time together who even knows what will be next for them will they stay together will they separate will who knows what's going to happen there's a huge event that's about to happen that's going to mean you know nothing's ever going to be the same for either of them and that's why Ellie's all quiet. Joel's kind of opening up to her a bit more. He talks about failing suicide after Sarah's death. Um, and yeah, they're just kind of experiencing the world in a way. Like they're looking at it through fresh eyes again. It's almost like both of them have learned what it means to be human again. And, and that's sort of represented in the moment when they have a little play with a giraffe, similar to the way that Lex and Tim fed the brachiosaurus in just like in that, Jurassic, yeah. Jurassic Park don't get sneezed on there it's just like that um but you know in in this world the world of the last of us things don't la- things don't last very long and they get attacked and both wake up after being knocked unconscious in they get bloody flashbanged then they get like knockout knocked they get flashbanged yes yeah. And what's annoying here is Marlene's explaining like the doctors are preparing Ellie for surgery because they've done run some tests and they think that the infection they could make a, a, a vaccine they could make a cure from it and this is horrible isn't it because it's like not only are you not giving joel and ellie the choice but you're also you've not allowed joel to say goodbye and i think do you think this would have ended differently had there been and obviously it's a fictional it, story so it ends how the writers plan it to end but from the what you know of the characters what do you think ellie would have given if they'd said you know what, we can extract a vaccine from you, but you will die. I think, so this is the thing, I think it establishes all through through the series and all through her, her, her journey in the game as well, it establishes what I just mentioned, which is she understands her purpose and her place in the world is something more than perhaps she, than perhaps you'd think it was. I think she wouldn't want she'd be sad of course she'd be sad but i think she'd think because she does say there's a part where she says um her name was riley and she was the first to die and then it's sam and she almost understands that death in this world is a given and if there's somehow a chance to save everybody from this world even though the world's changed forever you know it's never ever going to be the same as it was if she could be part of that i think she'd want to be and that's why she doesn't like it when Joel takes that decision away from her. It's her decision to make, essentially. And Joel just doesn't allow that. He takes matters into his own hands. And even even if he'd woken up and he was there and everyone was sat around and said, this is what we're going to do. I think 
Ellie could have communicated better with Joel and convinced him that it was the right thing to do. You know yeah. what I mean? The fact that they took Does... that they 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 took they took away from Joel his ability to say goodbye to Ellie, and that is what he's most angry about. I feel like is that he had his daughter ripped away from him. And now he's finally got that sort of surrogate daughter, somebody he's gone through, gone to hell and back with. And now somebody else, somebody else who represents the same sort of person who killed his daughter, like Authority the Fireflies. Authority and establishment. Authority and, and establishment. And they know better. And people with automatic rifles. They've yeah, taken that away from him. And that's why he sees red. If you're going to be all right with definitely killing a teenager to to come up with a cure would you feel that much worse just telling joel joel a little fib so it's a risky operation not going to lie to you joel but we'll do our best yeah on, pa- on say... paper you, on papers you should be fine actually you know yeah. no surgeries without risk um i feel like everything could have that there could have been so much more done to maybe avoid the fact that joel is going to go on an absolutely bloodthirsty what you, rampage what you, what you needed here is either more or less honesty just the the exact amount of honesty you've had here is the incorrect amount for this scenario because you've gone, yeah, I will be honest with you, Joel. Um, gonna gonna kill her. Um, we but not honest enough that we'd have a discussion with her before she had a uh, informed consent to to yeah. undertake this operation. But that's the thing. It's like it's 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 just about it is about consent, isn't it? In terms of. I feel like Ellie deserved to to know before they put her under, you know, and it's just, it's that which makes me side with Joel, despite the fact, you know, the Fireflies could have gone gone about it in a completely different way, um, but yeah, this does it's not good for anybody. Like you know, you could have even said like, can you not have a try of getting out without killing her? Yeah, nah, we've got to take the old brain out. That's what we got to do. Yeah, it's right in the back there. It's right, yeah. the, it's right, the, right in the middle of the brain, actually. So that's essentially it. Marlene orders Joel to just be like dumped, just like yeah, to take him to the outskirts of, of the thing and just dump him. Oh yeah, that's nice. And then after all I've done, if I've literally come across the whole of the US to try and make this happen, but he escapes. He this is good because like the game because he just as soon as he kills Maximal. someone he picks he picks up their gun yeah <laughs> picks up their gun and goes right I'll have that okay what's this next one headshots um yeah basically just goes through for like three floors of the hospital fucking everybody up and it's exactly like the game it's exactly like the game it's exactly what you do you kill everybody in sight um and then when he gets to the room where the surgery is taking place he kills the surgeon just like without resisting at all and picks up ellie unconscious carries her from the hospital and just before he's about to escape marlene does intercept and try and like um Says like it's not too late. Just let us cut a brain out now, and it'll all be funny. Just now. This reminds me of Breaking Bad in a way. You know when it's like, don't kill Hank, don't kill Hank, and he's like, you already made up his mind five minutes ago. It's that sort of scenario. It's like you couldn't say anything to Joel here without because he's already made up his mind. Because she goes, um, let me live or something, doesn't she, Marlene? Just let me live. Just let me go. You don't need to kill me as well. And he's like, you just come after, her. bang. Yeah completely deadpan he's just that's it he knows his his sole purpose in this particular moment is to protect ellie even if it means you know so many more people are gonna gonna die or this world's gonna remain the same forever um 
Yeah. And that's it. Gets yeah, away. We get, we get the final scene at the end, which I don't know if you've read some interesting articles, Ben, but this is almost a different ending. <laughs> but it wasn't, so let's focus on the one that it was, actually. Um, yeah. Ellie sort of has a moment of doubt where she kind of says, as they're driving back, as they're coming away from the hospital, they say, oh, turns out it's a big, big old waste of time, actually. They're not looking for a cure anymore, given up, actually. So, um they didn't even let me. They didn't even let me wake up from. <laughs> they didn't even let me wake up, and I'm still wearing the hospital gown. They just sent, sent us on our way. Oh, they. And, you, you stuff got. Oh, bandits came. He says, "Oh, there were bandits. We had to. We had to do one." Actually, he can and she can tell that something ain't right, doesn't she? Yeah. She knows that something ain't right. But I don't think anybody end. has dealt with this in the correct way. So much and could have end, been avoided. We end with them sort of saying, "Like, promise me that that's definitely what happened." And he goes, "Oh, I do promise. Actually, I do." Mm. And then um, she goes, okay. And that's it. Um, and I think it's a, you know, that's where the game ends, but it's also a great place to end the series as well. Um, I'm glad that they didn't try and add anything extra because I feel like all the additional bits that they've added so far have worked so well. So, because, you know, it's nine episodes. You could have gone, ah, should we go for an episode 10? Nah, nah. this is perfect. This is well Do these things at the, the length that they, you know, the, the length that they run too naturally you don't need to pad these things out really mm. good really good yeah i guess should we rate it i guess that's a good idea to yeah why not you, you go first man you're the big you're the big last of us fan what's your what's your rating um so i think in terms of like adaptations not just from video games but from any source material i think it's a fine line isn't it like you can either go too loyal we were trying to recreate it. Like, for example, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, tried to recreate actual places from the from the games and it didn't understand it, its characters well enough. So that was a, a flop. Um, well, crit- a bit of a critical bomb as well. Whereas this, I feel like it knows what... It's kept the creative um, team behind the games very close in hand. It understands the characters. It understands the nature of the game so well that I think in terms of pacing... It's great. I mean, I struggle with TV TV shows to like get a get invested and b constantly want to watch the next episode. Sometimes I let a few build up. Sometimes I completely abandon things halfway through. Um, but with this one, I didn't feel like that at all. Uh, great performances all around. I think in terms of visually, it just looks absolutely perfect. Music's great, um, and they. I think Bella Ramsey did also say recently that series two would arrive in twenty twenty five so it's definitely going to be i mean it's it's been incredibly popular so i'd probably give it an a i don't think i'd go for an a plus because i think i don't know if it has a rewatchability factor for me because it's a story you know i've played on the ps3 twice i've played on the ps4 maybe twice and then i've played the second game twice as well so i'm familiar i think i played the ps4 one three times actually that's a lot of time to experience the same sort of story so i feel like experience in this in this medium was great but an a plus would be like oh i can't wait to rewatch it and take it all in again yeah. i'm kind of done i think it's probably the best video game to tv show adaptation that i've ever seen so for that reason let's go for an a what do you I'll reckon join you ben right oh right on an a i think it was great i don't have the I don't have the memories of the game to lean back on, but really well-made series, like charmingly cast, like relentlessly 
sad but then hopeful in other moments like yeah to watch something that actually makes you feel something is is a rarity in in a world where lots of things just kind of like Valak the nun they kind of just are <laughs> like they 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 just kind of exist so to find something that actually will elicit a response i think is a really good well made mm-hmm. piece and um you know a lot of bravery a lot of faithfulness to the material a lot of respect for the ip that they're working with all things that should be absolutely applauded um yeah mm-hmm. i i enjoyed it a lot nothing more to say on it so an a from me yeah and it seems like a lot of people are, are very happy with the adaptation as well last of us fans new fans of the of the property as well so it's great looking forward to a new game a new series whatever else comes next i think uh it's gonna be good Might right and play them actually one of these days I think you should, man. I think you should. I, I think well, I now you've got the PS5 version of The Last of Us as well. I think no I, time. Like, come on, Ben. I bought I bought two that I've not got around to playing. I've not bought the PS5 one. <laughs> oh, I've yeah. got it on the PS3. Physical disc on the PS3. Yeah. And I've got the I've got the remaster on the PS4. I will play one of those ones. And I've got The Last of Us too. I got it with my PS4, which I got during lockdown. Um, oh, wow. Okay. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Getting around about the time you got to play it then. Yeah, I should. Should get around to playing it, but I've just got the Resident Evil 4 remakes. So... Oh, yeah, do that first. Yeah, Don't want to play. If, if I could, yeah. Then, then I'll do it. Then I'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. We're probably a little bit longer than we anticipated, but we, it turns out we had a lot to say. Lots to cover. Um, nine bloody hours. At least nine bloody hours, out, man. At least didn't outstrip the length of the source material this time. As this is a um, Patreon. Uh, well, an early Patreon episode. Well, we'll thank the patrons. That's only fair. Um, so thanks, John Crinnan, Ben Scaife, Stephen Christopher, Laura Kendrick, Toby Miller, Pazuzu, Lane Spencer, Ollie Child, Leslie Carlo, Julia Bilgren, Troy Burst, Nick Spill, and Rosalind Harney-S. And then all the other stuff. Thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Uh, <laughs> thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. We're on Twitter. Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, we'll be doing some more bonus content. If you've seen, we've already put out that we're going to do a Scream franchise ranking. So that will be coming up next. Don't know when. Um, soon, sooner rather than later. Soon. Got some Resident Evil chat coming up. You know what? Yeah. This is going to be a year. We're going to have more interviews on here. We're going to have more festival content coming up here. I just heard from the folks behind uh, the Dundead, uh, Dundee. Um, okay horror film festival they'll be releasing their lineup soon all sorts oh, of good sweet. stuff coming very excited patreon hear this stuff early i think with some of our some of our less timely we're going to put this out reasonably the turnover might be a reasonable length because the last of us is still very much as you yeah. said ben in the zeitgeist right now but other stuff like our resident evil deep dives that are coming i think we're going to keep those on patreon exclusive for an awfully lot longer give those guys yeah, some real I think that makes sense so yeah if you're hearing this on the regular feed and you're not one of those people whose names we read out you want to get some top quality value content yeah. not a lot over that way tell you what not a lot you. subscribe to the lowest possible yeah, thing your, you'll get you get some extra for your, bits for your, for your ears only you won't be one of those people that we slag off on those bits that we skip forward with the time codes yeah, if you want to avoid that humiliation, then that makes sense, doesn't it? But yeah, yeah. 
Okay. We've had some of the things we'll come out with on this, and we'll say stuff that will burn you to the core. Let, let us know what you think of The Last of Us and uh, what the games and the TV show. Always interested to hear. But yeah, thanks uh, thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you, see you next time. See you next time. Klaxon out. Klaxon out. See you later. Bye. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.